I really want to spend the rest of our time in worship. I'm going to share these points, but I want to spend the rest of our time in the presence of God and focusing on what God is trying to do today. But we want you to be prepared for your growth, your growth groups, because it's in the growth group is where we do our strategic planning for living. It's where we talk about what's going on and how the Bible is speaking to areas of our life. And if you have not registered for a growth group, you're not a part of a growth group, we want to encourage you to be a part. Don't just come to church, get connected in a group. Amen. Get connected in a group where you're going to grow, where you're going to, to develop. Numbers chapter 2, this series of messages entitled, Let's Get Out of Here. Let's Get Out of This Wilderness. And the wilderness is a place where I must be, but I don't want to be. It's a place where I'd rather not travel through, but unless I travel through the wilderness, I cannot get to the promised land. And I don't like the wilderness, but the wilderness likes me because in God is going to use the wilderness to work something in me to prepare me for the promised land. And I believe there are two or three people still here today, still left at the fountain that have not maxed out yet. And two or three people who are not where they believe God is calling them to be, have not yet done all that God has called them to do, and that they believe that there's still more. Anybody here who can shout out, there's more for me? There's more for me. There's more for me. But right now I'm in a wilderness, not in the promised land, and I'm not any longer in bondage. I'm in the wilderness. And so we're talking about what do we do to get out of the wilderness. Last week we talked about getting organized. This week we want to talk about uh, how, what we prioritize, and we want to talk about the heart of the matter, what's the central thing, what's the most important thing. And when you're in a wilderness, the most important thing you can do is to make the Word of God central in your life. Somebody say amen. In other words, you have to move the Bible from off the dashboard. It has to come off the coffee table. It has to come off the nightstand. You can no longer just carry it in your briefcase. Don't just towed it to church on Sunday. In other words, the Bible has to find its way to the very center of your life. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this text that is Numbers chapter 2, I want you to read it when you get a chance. Read it when you get home. Read it in preparation for your growth group. But what it is about, after Moses has uh, executed the census of chapter 1, then he begins to organize the tribes in groups of three. And, and, and he organizes them in groups of, of three, and there's four different divisions. And one division is set up in the east, one division is set in the north, one division is set on the south, one division is set in the west. And in the middle of the four divisions of the tribes of Israel sits what is known as the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting represented what was the most precious, what was most precious to the people of Israel. And that was the word of the Lord. If you remember in the Ark, of the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, which was Israel's most prized possession, inside of the Ark of the Covenant was always kept two tablets. And on those tablets was written the words that God gave to Moses when he was on Mount Sinai. And so what God was saying to the children of Israel, he says, I want you to have protection on the east, protection on the west, protection on the north, protection on the south. And in the center of the camp, 
is to always be the place where I meet Moses because the place where I meet Moses is where I'm going to speak to Moses and he's going to deliver unto the people the word of the Lord. Somebody shout, I need God's word. We need God's word in our life. And so that was how the tribes were arranged. So what I want to talk to us today about getting out of the wilderness, if you're going to get out, you're going to have to stand on his word. Amen. You're going to have to stand on his word. If you're going to come out, you're going to be victorious. If you're going to win, if you're going to triumph, you're going to have to stand on his word. So what I want to do, I want to go over the, the points with you today. If you pull out your worksheet, pull out your worksheet. First of all, um, in your life, protecting the word of God must be strategic. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. There are going to be a lot of things that are going to come against you, come into your life, going to go and attempt to remove God's word from your living experience. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, you're going to have so many things that are going to try to keep you from engaging with God's word. So what, what God did um, in Israel, he positioned 108,000 soldiers on the west, 157,600 on the north, 151,450 on the south, and 186,800 on the east. In other words, he took over 600,000 men. And it strategically put them in place in order to protect the place where he was delivering his word. We said that it was extremely important. And so the, in the center of the camp was the tent of meeting, which represented God's holy word and God speaking to his people. So for us, protecting the word of God in our lives must be taken seriously. It is so important we cannot allow the trivial and worldly things to prevent us from engaging in God's word. For your next work on your worksheet, guard against the lack of the word. Yeah, guard against the lack of the word. You, you know what? You know what keeps us unhealthy physically? It's not eating too much, but it's eating too much of the wrong thing. Y'all not feeling me? As a matter of fact, most great nutritionists and people who are experts in nutrition and diet and all that, they would say if you want to have good health, don't, don't eat a little bit of food. They say eat a lot of food on a regular basis. They recommend five to six meals throughout the day. But it is eating the right things that gives us health. Now, you know what gives us spiritual health? is feeding ourselves regularly and consistently the proper doses of the Word of God. Amen. And so you want to guard yourself against the lack. Amen. You don't, you don't want to be a person, you don't want to be a Christian that does not read the Bible. Yeah, no, no, no. You, you've got to read the Bible. You, you have to read God's Word because the only way for you to be spiritually strong, and I say the only way, is that you eat the, riper, the, the proper thing spiritually. Secondly, you have to guard against the loss of God's Word. Amos said, chapter 8, verse 11, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine in the land, not of food, not of thirst, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine is not just a lack, but a famine is a loss. A famine is a situation where we used to have food, and food is no longer available. That's a famine. You know what's happening? Some of us right here today, some of us, if you had to ask us where our Bible is, we'd have to pause. Some of your Bibles are in the lost and found right here at the church. 
Amen. If we got them here. They're here. You left them here. Your name is written in the front of you. Your Bible is here. But listen, you cannot afford to have these periods in your life where you were very, very faithful to reading, reading God's Word. You engaged in His Word regularly. Then all of a sudden, something happens and you stop reading His Word. And so we have to guard ourselves against the loss of God's Word. Your life will be under attack the, 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 the very time when Satan understands that you are no longer in the Word. You know why? Because the Word is the only thing that Satan cannot defeat in your life. He cannot defeat the Word in your life. Jesus was attacked three times by Satan in the wilderness, and each time Jesus defeated him with the Word of God. And you want to guard against the loss. Then you want to guard against loathing God's Word, the dislike. Now, some of us just don't like the Bible. We don't like to read the Bible. We don't like anybody to quote the Bible to us. We, we, don't, we don't like the Bible. We don't like the Bible. We, we don't, and we're, we're honest, we don't like, we don't, we like church, all right, but we don't like the Bible. Now, let, let me just share one of my experiences. When I was a kid, my mom, I thought when I was a kid, my mom was a great cook. And when I was a kid, we used to all have to sit at the dinner table together. Everybody would sit at the dinner table together. She put the food on the table, be in bowls and platters. And you had to sit at the table, and you'd have to pass the food around. You say the blessing, then you pass the food around. And so my mom would cook meals like uh, fried chicken, potato salad, collard greens, cornbread, candied sweet potatoes, and stuff like that. And then they'd always have, always, when they cooked meals like that, always, without exception, at the end of the meal, there was always pies and cakes that were prepared for your desserts. Now, nothing, in my, in my experience, nothing messed up the meal more than a bowl of turnip greens. I mean, you, you got chicken, potato salad, sweet potatoes, candy sweet potatoes, and then you got a bowl of turnip greens. Now, here's the problem. I did not like turnip greens. And what I didn't like, I didn't like turnip greens, and then I didn't like the roots, those roots they used to cook. And put y'all. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, I hate it. I hate it. And then they, they, and, and 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 they, and this was the way we grew up. You would be passing the food. You pass. You get your chicken off. You fried chicken. Get your potato salad. Get your cornbread. And then you have to pass that green. I would try my best to pass those greens through the express lane on that table. Get them to somebody else as quick as I could. But my parents would say, they would stop, and they would say, put some greens. Come on, y'all. They would say, what, put some greens where? And then what they would do is go into lecture mode. So you can sit over there if you want to looking cute, but you are not going to get up from this table until you have eaten all of those greens. Do I, have, do I have anybody that can relate? That's what they would say. You, you, you say you're not going anyplace. And, you're not, and guess what? You're not getting any dessert at all until you have eaten those greens. And you know, this is what would happen, man. Those greens used to taste so awful. Many times, everybody had eaten. They had washed the dishes. They put them up. And I'm still sitting there at the table because I hated those greens. But you know what? Something Something happened to me. I don't know when it happened. 
I can't tell you exactly how it happened. But all of a sudden, something happened that one day I went home and my mom was fixing greens and she put the greens on the table. I put the greens on the plate and I discovered somehow at this point that I like these greens. As a matter of fact, when I go home now, one of the things my mama asked me, say, um, you coming home, anything you want me to cook for you? I said, Mom, will you be able to find any of those turnip greens? What am I trying to say? Is some of us don't like the Bible at all. But all I'm trying to say is that if you will force yourself, sit down and refuse to move until you have eaten your spiritual greens. And what you will discover is that you will discover that one day, instead of disliking, not understanding, not flowing with this, you will be asking somebody else, let's talk about the Word of God. Yeah, you'll discover all of a sudden that you love it. And so I want to encourage you, don't dislike it. Stay there long enough until it becomes something that you can't wait to experience. Three things I want to tell you are the results of your engaging the Word of God. Three things, real quick. So in your growth group, the Word of God produces faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing. You know how you're going to make your faith? I'm going to tell you how your faith is going to get stronger. Your faith is going to get stronger by hearing the right things. Your faith gets weaker by hearing the wrong things. Are are y'all feeling me? I'm telling you, your faith. And so when you go to the Word of God, the Word is going to tell you some things that nobody else is going to tell you. The the, the Word is going to tell you things like this. You are the head and not the tail. The Word is going to say stuff like this. When you're hurting and disappointed, it's going to say, bless. You will be in the city and bless you will be in the country. Word will say some things like this. The blessing of the Lord, he makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The word of God will say things like this to you. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I know what the doctor report says, but I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Word of God will say this in the midst of your broken family, children running hither and thither and tearing up everything and disappointing you every day. It will say this, train up a child in the way that he should go. Don't you worry about it. And when they are older, give them some time. They will not depart from it. Word of God will say things like this. I was young, but now I'm old. As I've pondered everything that I've witnessed, everything I've seen, all the scrutiny that I've done, I've I've seen a lot of things, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. In other words, there's an anointing and a protection that comes upon the life of the man and the woman who will order their steps by the word of God. Increases your faith. Not only does it increase your faith, but it restores your joy. The word of God produces joy produces joy. You know, David said, I would have fainted. He said, you know, this is what he said. I would have given up. I would have quit. I would have thrown in the tile. I would have rung the bell. He said, unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, one of the things I like so much about the Bible is that you can go to the Bible with your head down, tears coming down your face. And what God will do, he will keep the tears coming down, but he'll change the reason why they're falling when you get into his word. 
went to the Word thinking I could not make it. And I was crying because I thought I was, could not make it. But when I finished reading this Word, I'm crying because I know I can make it because God loves me so much. Yeah. And so it give you joy. And I want to say to somebody in here, your joy is right there in the Word. And finally, the Word of God produces success. Success. God told Joshua, Joshua is getting ready to lead the people there in the promised land. And Joshua knew he was not the leader that Moses was, but God placed him there to do the same job that Moses did. And God will do the same to you. God will always call you for something that you are inadequate to do. I wish I had somebody in here. I know you're waiting for God to call you for something you qualified for. But God looks where you have a lack of qualifications. Yeah, and then he's going to call you to do something that you're not qualified to do. Call you to minister to people you're not qualified to minister to. Cause you to fix things you're not qualified to fix. And then you're going to look at it and you're going to say, I'm not adequate enough. God said, I know that. He said, but look here. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Take this word with you. Meditate on it day and night. He said, if you meditate on it day and night, Brother Washington, this is what he says. It's not going to be your resume that's going to get you through. It's not going to be your connection. He said, but then your way shall be made prosperous. I wish I had somebody who liked that right there. I don't have any problem with prosperity myself. I, I like a little prosperity. He said, but if you faithful to my word, your way will be prosperous, and then you will have good success, which means there must be such thing as bad success. Must be some success that ain't going to be no blessing to you. Am I feeling somebody in here? But he said, you will have good success. In other words, the success you experience is going to be sustainable and it's going to be able to continue to advance your life so that you give greater glory to God. Yeah. And so I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you. I want to, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to take the time Take the time. Spend in God's Word. Yeah, take the time. Take the time. Take the time. I know you're busy, but you're too busy not to read God's Word. You need it. Stand on your feet if you will. Stand on your feet.